what Brooklyn sounds like. Hello, hello. Welcome back to uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. This is Objection to the Rule, your weekly news hour. Um, we are coming in hot on an unseasonably warm day. Um, I'm Emily, one of your hosts. I'm here in the studio with um, two, going to be three soon, of our regular contributors. How are you guys doing today? Introduce yourselves. Good. Hey, I'm Zoe. <laughs> hello, I'm Matthew. Hello. How are you guys feeling about the weather today? weird isn't it spooky yeah it's, it's so strange too because it's like technically i think textbook a perfect day right it's like 66 yeah. and sunny but like it's also kind of really scary because it's, it's uncanny suppo- not supposed to. it feels like it feels like in one of those movies where there's like oh the weather pattern's changing and then it's like mary <laughs> poppins is about to arrive but it's like it's something weird's going on <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's like in like those like old like folk tales when there's like a like a witch or someone like gives kids like a pie or something and they're like, oh, this is delicious. Yeah. But they're like, something's off. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, apps, is, have you been seeing the trailer for the new Hansel and Gretel movie? Is that where that came from? Because I have. Yeah, they made it really scary. I love scary movies. So <laughs> um, and then Teresa. Teresa's here. She'll be joining us on mic momentarily. Hi, everybody. And there she is right on cue. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Hello, Perfect hello. 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 Um, yeah. So, yeah. How you feeling, Teresa? How's your week been? Long, but yeah. I'm good. This week I'm felt good. like a month in my right? in my emotional landscape. Yeah, for sure. just it just keeps Make going. Make it all about me, though. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps going just and keeps going, going and going. Um, okay, so this is where the we're a little foursome in here today. Um, let's rock and roll. So I think we, as a team, wanted to talk like try like switching around the order we do stuff because we felt like we often skimmed over world because we ran out of time. So we're actually going to start today with some world news and work backwards back to local. Um, So Teresa, I think you have the first uh, world story today. You ready to go? Yeah. So let's talk about what's happening in Iran. All right. So Tehran has admittedly has admitted to the mistakenly shooting down a plane that killed 176 people on January 8th, um, which was the same day that it struck military bases hosting U.S. troops in retaliation for uh, the killing of Qasem Soleimani. So the president of Ukraine has made it clear that he expects a full investigation and compensation for the lives that were lost. Uh, currently, there's protests happening there and the people of Terrain are demanding that the resignation of senior leaders um, following days after they denied that they actually did this. So the story came out that um, the U.S. and Canada sort of believed that this happened mistakenly. And um, the pre- the leadership over there was saying that it wasn't a mistake. Like, how could they make this such such a big mistake? But they just came out admittedly and said they did, um, which is awful because that's what happens when we react quickly um, to things like that. Um, so basically, um, the person who is responsible for this or who's claiming respons- responsible, um, General Hajizeda, he made remarks on, on a broadcast on state television saying that he accepts full responsibility. Um, he said... And this uh, story is coming from Al Jazeera. Um, He basically said that um, 
He takes full responsibility and will obey whatever decision is taken. And I will prefer to die rather than witness such an incident. So the international community has proactively been responding to the tragedy. Um, the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has expressed that Canada wants full clarity on the plane plane crash. Um, today and over the weekend, they've been having many memorials in Canada. I believe a lot of people that was on the plane were from there. And uh, one of the memorials is, is supposed to be hosted in a football stadium that has um, 1,700 seats. So it's going to be a pretty big one. Um, along with that, French President Emmanuel Macron has agreed to that the French specialists will help to decode the black boxes from the from the plane. And the U.S. Treasury Secretary Stephen Munich um, Munchkin Mun- Munchen? I can't say his Mnuchin? name. Mnuchin. Mnuchin. Thank Mnuchin. you, Matt. I knew you would. Uh, said that the department will grant sanction waivers to allow Americans or anyone else to participate in the investigation. Um, so this is heavy. I mean, obviously, just last week we were talking about the possibility of going to war. Um, these strikes happen. They strike down, you know, civilians. All of these innocent people um, are now dead. And I, I just think it's really sad that such a tragedy happened um, a retaliation for something. It's just, it's just a lot going into this story and it feels like every day there's something new that's being told, told to us that we didn't know before. Yeah. I mean, this week for me, is one thing after another, I, um, once again, making this all about me, um, <laughs> I'm like, you know, developed recent, you know, I'm going to flying again. I'm going to fly. There's been a lot of news stories about Boeing. So my anxieties about flying have been heightened already. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, looking at the model of the plane that went down. I was like, that's a plane I'm taking. And, you know, at the end of the month and I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like freaking out, panicking. But like, of course, I think what's interesting. Another thing that's interesting about the story, though, is that I think the immediate response from Iran that no, this was nothing to do with what like their immediate response that it had to be a mechanical issue. Yeah. And then going back on that and us being able to witness that and see the videos. Um, I posted well, videos, to, yeah. you know, that's really, really, really disheartening, but I posted yeah. to our Facebook page, um, an article that showed a lot of pictures, yeah. um, from, <laughs> excuse me, from the crash. Yeah. And it's just awful to, you can yeah. actually see where it strikes in, in, in midair. It's, it's crazy. And it's also crazy for us to see a, a nation kind of admit, like in real time kind of lie and then take it back yeah. and tell the truth. Like it's really, it's weird and <laughs> such a quick period of time too. Cause I feel like when stuff like this happens, we're used to a long drawn out uh, investigation and revelation and everyone still pretend, you know, or like powers that with something to lose <coughs> continuing to pretend that they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And it's strange. And, and it's the whole thing is so tragic on so many levels and it's strange to also see it from that like p- political perspective yeah i mean the people of of terrain definitely um have all rights to protest all of this stuff happening well that's also such a weird transition too is going from the people of iran chanting like death to america last week to (laughs) protesting the The ayatollah yeah yeah yeah. for this for this tragic incident and they have every right to protest both things i think right Mm -hmm. like the u.s intervention in iran was so disturbing in so many reasons in so many ways and then this is also upsetting and it's just it's it they have a lot to yeah a lot to do right i mean yeah. the chain of events over a couple of days um it's just really disheartening let's just hope that the leaderships now the leadership of all the world will just move forward with like diplomacy now yeah you know it doesn't oh, have God. to be a tick for tack it's, it's not that's not what it's about i don't think anybody wants that um well and this is what yeah. happens you know when we react that way and the iranian strikes too seem to be calculated like a lot of reports were saying to avoid casualties like to 
to show that they weren't going to stand down, but to not incite further escalation. Yeah. And then this to be like a really tragic byproduct of that mentality is like, oh, yeah. I mean, how could you deny that, though? Deny. You know, take. I mean, how could they deny that? Like that it happened at the same exact time. You know, that know. that part to me is just it's, it's mind boggling that anybody I would know. believe. I it, think you it's mind boggling on their perspective, too. Right. Like the like, you know, our perspective that how could the military not have coordinated with like the airport? <laughs> you can't make mistakes like <laughs> no, that. No, you know. Oh, God. <sighs> well, yeah, just um, pray for the people yeah. out there that's dealing with all of these tragedies right now. Yeah. Um, all right. You guys ready for the next story? we do it another another really sad one that's all right but we need to talk about this stuff i really i really this is i i emily had to put this together between betwixt panic attacks (laughs) yeah uh all right here we go guys australia you knew it was coming um so the fires in australia are bad really bad uh i had trouble writing this because it sent me into full-fledged panic mode i'm probably gonna say the word panic multiple times this episode (laughs) um and the record warmth in nyc this weekend isn't helping me feel any better uh, since September, at least 17.9 million acres have burned, 27 people have died, and 2,000 homes have been destroyed. Breathing air in Sydney is like smoking 37 cigarettes, and an estimated 1 billion animals have been lost in an extremely unique ecosystem. Oh, and I also realized I didn't write that, in case you're unaware, the whole country is burning. <laughs> or, like, not the whole country. That's not true, but <laughs> yes. a lot of the country is on fire. You see that map that yeah. they put out? It's, like, nowhere safe. Yeah. A lot of the country is on fire right now. Um so I, I don't know if this is good news or what, but I, whenever I read that something isn't exclusively the result of climate change, it, it kind of makes me feel better in this really weird way. It's like, it, it is, the world is also how it works is also like there have always been, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but anyway, climate change isn't the only cause of the fires, although some recent record higher temperatures were certainly linked to what's currently going on. Um, other factors in play included some regular weather patterns that um, combined into an unfortunate like con confluence of the current weather pattern that led to this um like less rainfall there's just some regular you know every few years or every whatever certain things that happen in australia that mean less rainfall and that happened to fall uh on this year um the australian government has lagged in its response to threats of climate change despite them being a vulnerable ecosystem and the fires have brought out tens of thousands in protest over the prime minister's policies Uh, Here's to hoping that these fires bring about meaningful action on the part of the government in response to domestic and international pressure, which is certainly high right now. Um, If you want to help and are able to contribute, some charities you can donate to include the New South Wales Rural Rural Fire Service, uh, WIRES, uh, which um, stands for the New South Wales Wildlife Information Rescue and Education Service Inc., uh, and the Australian Red Cross and an organization called Give It, G-I-V-I-T, which matches donated items with specific requests from victims of the fires. Um, all right. Yeah. yeah. I One thing I read is the way climate change sort of plays into it. Something I thought was interesting was that there's a certain period of time where the, um, you know, sort of Australian fire department's uh, orchestrate strategic burns Mm. of brush and sort of dry areas in anticipation of the Mm. fire season, basically. Yeah. But you can only do that during a certain season when temperatures are lower. And that 
season, that area of time when that's possible has become increasingly shorter mm. in recent years. Right. And the um, president of Australia mm. is a prime, prime minister. minister. Yeah. Prime minister of Australia is a climate change denier. Yeah. So <laughs> when firefighters, yeah. you know, head of these fire departments came to him and said, we should be alarmed. We haven't had time to right. prepare for fire, you know, season. fire season. This is going to be disastrous. Right. They knew it was going to be disastrous. Right. And sure enough, it was. It was. And it's so interesting. I've, I was reading about how California is actually upping their preparation. Um, and it's been interesting reading like to, uh, you know, think you know, globally, locally, that sort of thing. Like in California, they, um, I was listening to an expert talk about recently how, of course, climate change and higher temperatures, drier seasons contribute, but how also California hasn't really had a really great um, system in place to like prevent that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a cute side note, they're actually like apparently employing a lot of like um, goats or something like animals that like love eating that dry stuff. Like yeah. they've been working, they've been trying yeah. to coordinate better That's to creative. help prevent. Right. So fingers crossed that, you know, mounting efforts to prevent, to like do what we can. Cause like, yeah, cause wildfires do happen. Like they're not an unnatural occurrence in and of themselves, but on the scale that this is happening is. Yeah. Uh, right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. Um, And of course they're, you know, their went summers and even anywhere close to being over. I don't know. It's I like the, um, you know, the amount of international and uh, support going into this, including financial, is is heartening, I guess. Yeah. Like um, millions and millions raised around the world to help. Um, but here's to hoping they can put that mm. to good use. Does anyone else, um, anybody else notice how, because like koalas are dying, mm-hmm. it's it's so, so tragic because they're nice and cute. But like last year when there were, abnormal uh mudslides and mm. rainfalls in northern indian bangladesh i think mm. and like actual people were getting killed by climate change mm. it was kind of like yeah but they live in that area mm-hmm. yeah. so like i mean matt you're right like i think yeah i think you're right i think we as a society and a news cycle do tend to focus on white lives more than brown lives and black lives in other parts of the world Maybe there's something about like picturing Australia as being like indestructible because it's dry mm. and it's a giant weird island mm-hmm. and like it's a outlaws. It's the country of outlaws. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to picture it getting penal affected. colony. <laughs> but they yeah. actually have like a weird history of being very, uh, in terms of the uh, ecosystem, being very fragile. Like they got taken over by frogs. <laughs> really, I didn't know <laughs> that. Remember the uh, the king toad thing? There's- no. They're they're really sensitive to invasive species because the the animals they're so isolated that they just have a very specific um, tolerance for outside animals. Hmm. So if this toad came in, I think it also happened with um, like emus or something as well. Uh, but the toad came in and they just got, like took over like big parts of the island Whoa. because like they were able to eat and nothing they didn't have enough predators to like gobble up the toads that's in the simpsons like when, when there's all those like frogs and when bart goes to australia to like see if the toilet will flush the other way around it was based off like an actual thing the, like the toilet was the based simpsons off of are always based off of reality often yeah right? um Interesting. yeah all right uh, well any other thoughts on well they need to save 
That's true. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know another piece of bad news is that even when the fire stopped, the uh, stop, it rains that wash the, um, all the burnt ash and stuff into water and ecosystems could also cause some oh. toxic damage. Yeah. But just like, what if, like, can you imagine a world without Australia? No. Well, it's really oh. sad. No, yeah. The Great Barrier Reef is getting hurt. Oh, yeah. Well, that's been happening for a while, but maybe that there, yeah. I um all of this stuff has really been freaking me out the last week. I've been in full fledged like anxiety. I had two two therapy appointments. I was like, someone help me. <laughs> but I to help myself, I because all I ever hear is bad news. So I tried to look up. Okay, is there any good news? And of course, there's all these think pieces about like, uh, how dare you? There is no good news. You're doomed. But, <laughs> but it didn't help. It didn't help. But I found there are there are like articles dedicated. And of course, a lot of that is is clickbaity. We have to remember it is trying to get you to click on it and read it and spiral and click on more stuff. But um, there is there, you know, some good news is um, just the amount of mobilization going on and the amount of uh, eyes and ears on this on, a, you know, Prince uh William just came out and made a declaration in London, in Europe, in England yeah. about having to like, we got to save our planet. And it's just like, there's more voices and people in power than ever working towards this. I just hope something actually happens. You know, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to stand on a soapbox. It's another thing to act for us to actually see change. Yeah. I do have a good news story at the end that might uh, maybe some positive next week we're starting with good news oh well we'll, we'll, we'll sandwich next week with good news or something like that are we gonna i don't know if i I don't like this idea of thinking about as good news bad news i think Mm -hmm. the a more helpful philosophical approach is like the truth is something that has to be looked at Mm -hmm. be it positive or negative of course so like no matter how sad something is by servicing the truth it may not feel good it's always better for your own reality. Yes, I think that's true. Um, but I also think that there's, yeah, I think, I think you're right, but I also think that we are so used to the things that we need to hear being negative because we need to act on it. Yeah. That sometimes we need to just, here's the, here's something that we wouldn't normally report because it's not as, it's not as something we need to work. We don't have to like mobilize about this, Mm -hmm. but like, Let's just let's just relax and remember that there's there's good truth out there, too, even mm-hmm. though it maybe doesn't doesn't feel as urgent. But I, th- I mean, you're right on a fill. If we're getting philosophical, you're absolutely right. But there I think I'm no good or bad. There's just one reality. No, man. You know what? Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to take a break? I think we need a break. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to take a break for some music. We'll stay with us. We'll be right back. She was walking in the street, looked up and noticed he was nameless, he was homeless. She asked him his name and told him what hers was. He gave her a story about life with a glint in his eye and a corner of a smile. One conversation, a simple moment, the things that change us. If we notice when we look up sometimes. They said I would never make it, but I was built to break the mold. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own So I sing a song for the hustlers Trading at the bus stop Single mothers waiting on a check to come Young teachers, student doctors Sons on the front line Knowing they don't get to run This goes up to the underdog Keep on keeping at what you love And you'll find that someday soon enough You will rise up, rise up, yeah 
taxi back to the kitchen Talking to the driver about his wife and his children On a run from a country where they put you in prison For being a woman and speaking your mind And she looked in his eyes in the mirror and he smiled One conversation, a single moment The things that change us If we notice when we look up sometimes Is it Single mothers waiting on a check to come Young teachers, student doctors Sons on the front line Knowing they don't get to run Let's go down to the underdog Keep on keeping it What you love and you'll find that Someday soon enough You will rise up, rise up Welcome back to Objection to the Rule, your live Sunday morning news hour on Radio Free Brooklyn. That was Alicia Keys's new song, 2020. Um, I think it's called. Thank you. (laughs) I was about to say called Rise Up, called Underdog. Do you guys like it? Yeah. Yeah, 2020s. Oh, you were thinking about doing a show, um, 20s in your 20s? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, oh, wow. Thanks for the plug. That was a Matt, smooth plug, Matt. <laughs> I like it. I like you, it. Is this, do you also want to plug your own stuff, Matt? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Look at a <laughs> Tell us a little bit <laughs> well, about that's what. Well, Zoe's upcoming show. Keep your ears open for it. Yeah, ho- hopefully that, that will come about. Um, but I, I'm working on a, a Kickstarter campaign for a podcast with uh, this poet who's incarcerated named Spoon Jackson. And we're trying to raise some money so that we can make the show. It's about, um, it's kind of about weird stuff, poetry, kind of uh, philosophy. Basically, it's a show to be able to wrap your head around uh, this guy who's been in prison for 42 years. And so it's just kind of like in service of making him a real figure because um, it's hard because it's weird if you've been locked up for that long. You know, like he's never been online, you yeah. know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you actually you have a prison story later, too, which is apropos. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you're I, not starting with we'll that. We'll get to that. You? That's very depressing. Right <laughs> now we're starting with something. Um, it's uh, there's an article I read that was on Mother Jones called the Trump administration is giving family planning funds to a network of anti-abortion clinics, which is a very long title. But the rest of the article is very well written. So I feel bad for um um, Stephen Mensimer, who wrote the article, because I think their editor uh, could have chopped that title down a little bit. Um, <laughs> but the, the article outlines the large and small ways the Trump administration is moving to undermine Planned Parenthood and reproductive health in general. Last March, a private anti-abortion, anti-contraceptive, anti-birth control chain of clinics named Obria received $5.1 million from a Title X grant to 
to, quote, provide contraception and family planning services to low-income women over three years, end quote. Title X grants were started during the Nixon presidency. The purpose is family planning for people who are low-income, the clients, and groups that receive grants are required to, provo- to provide a wide range of family planning services. Obria clearly does not. The founder, Kathleen Eaton, told the Catholic World Report in 2011, quote, We're an abstinence-only organization. It always works. And for those single women who have had sex before marriage, we encourage them to embrace a second virginity, end oh, quote. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that gives you a pretty good outline of um, where she's coming from. Title grant or Title 10 grants have over $280 million of funding. So if $5.1 million goes to one imperfect biased group, is it really that bad? Well, yes, because it's not just one on that's not just one unsettling exemption quote in 2019 the department of health and human services instituted a gag rule that banned clinics getting title 10 money from providing patients with referrals for abortions federal law prohibits the program from funding abortions so they have to refer them seven states governed and planned parent or Seven state governors in Planned Parenthood, which received, which served 40% of Title X patients, decided to drop out of the program rather than comply. So that was kind of a chunky quote. Do you guys understand that one? So like they were... Can you they, break it down? Yeah, so they, they were, the Trump administration uh, issued a gag order so that these programs couldn't refer abortions. And they, had, they would have to refer them because you can't use federal funding for abortions. So it's a very wide um, uh, ranging technique to uh, uh, prohibit people's access to abortions. Anyway, it's a sad story. Access to abortion has been limited throughout the country. The silver lining is that medical abortions done with my F. Preston Preston, in combination with misoprestol are more available and accessible. So even if Roe gets overturned, and the theocrats take over, people will still have access to abortion. The problem is there's so much more to family planning, pregnancy, and contraceptives than just an agenda-driven anti-science pro-abstinence clinic like O'Brien can offer. When people are directed to professionals that aren't professional, that's not a good thing. So, Yo, that sucks. Wow. <laughs> It's kind of clunky. I don't think I did a very good job summarizing this. So there's one organization called O'Brien's mm-hmm. chain of clinics. They're agenda driven. They uh, withhold information so that when low income people go to them to get advice um, services about family planning, they are redirected mm-hmm. to a um, like a Catholic evangelical yeah. <laughs> approach to uh, uh, pregnancy. That's, That's uh, awful. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever heard the term second virginity used before, <laughs> but that is a really horrifying term. It's really, and yeah. It's disturbing. In, yes. in, a, in like a medical government yeah. funded sense. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. What is going on in this damn world? <laughs> Sometimes mean, you just have I to know. ask yourself like, whew. I know. All right. So, man. I mean, just at the end of the day, like if you don't want people to get abortions, you have to provide like a better contraceptive and they're not even doing sexual planning no they're literally just saying don't have sex which is she says it works it does not work it is a lie (laughs) (laughs) this this doesn't work people still 
touch bits. <laughs> God damn it. Break oh it boy. Uh, <laughs> well, well, well. You can't stop people from bumping stuff. <laughs> from smashing. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, moving right along. <laughs> How do you even follow up with that? I don't know. All right, Matt. What else you got on the docket? Oh, I think it's you, Teresa. I think we're switching. Oh, it's my turn we're, again? We're gonna, so, Matt has a second national story, but Teresa is here with our now weekly segment on the update. With election slash impeachment, I think it's Which an impeachment is update. Right interesting now. because is there an update? Mm, it's always. An update. <laughs> I was thinking about that. All right, guys. Um, so this week, uh, Mitch McConnell signed into Senate GOP resolution to change the chamber's rules and dismiss Trump's impeachment if House Democrats didn't transmit the articles. Did you guys hear about that? So, of course, Nancy Pelosi she announced on Friday that she will send the articles of impeachment um, over to the Senate this week. Um, which will bring an end to a heated standoff she's been having Republicans over the terms of the trial. Remember, we were talking about the witnesses and different things that she was holding out for. They now are changing the rules. So she doesn't submit it now. It almost just like disappears, um, which is really unfortunate. <clears throat> um, so the formal national security advisor, John Bolton, he was ousted by Trump in September. He's offered to testify is subpoenaed about the Ukraine scandal. Um, he was a key figure in the internal White House debate over the the withholding of the military aid that Trump had. Um, Under the Senate's procedures, if the House sends its slate to impeachment managers to the Senate on Tuesday, the Senate trial will be triggered the following day and the articles will formally be presented to the chamber. Um, Justice John Roberts will be sworn in to preside over the trial and administer an oath of impartiality to the Senate. Um, so Pelosi's announcement means that the Senate Democrats who are currently seeking the presidential nomination, Warren, uh, Sanders and Klobuchar. I'm not, Klobuchar. Who, who Amy is, Klobuchar. I haven't heard much about her. Was she a part of your um, story last week? Did I miss that one? I think she, Matt was, Matt, that was his story on people who dropped out. So oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I yeah. wouldn't mind if she dropped off. I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan. And, I, and I'm from Minnesota. Uh-huh. Oh. But Klobuchar is not my, uh, she's, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. That's well, not what we're talking about. Exactly. Sorry. Uh, but basically, they will be able to attend the debate um, in Iowa on Tuesday. So the next debate is coming up. And if this all goes through the way it's planned, um, all of the people who are running for president, along with the trio, will be up into the trial in the Senate um, coming January and February. So hopefully it moves this week. We've been waiting for the needle to move for a while. So much has happened. So much since since this story broke, Um, so yeah, yeah, let's just hope that. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I I want something to happen. I want to see something happen. I think we all do. But do we? Yeah. On the daily, they did an episode doing a recap of the particular question of the witnesses, and they said that even though Mitch McConnell is saying no witnesses, they still can. they still can call witnesses, but it has to go through a vote. And so they need four Republican votes. So there's mm-hmm. three people, uh, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, and someone else who has expressed interest in uh, issuing a subpoena to mm-hmm. get like Bolton. Yeah. Um, so there's still a chance that they'll have a somewhat legitimate trial or more or less illegitimate. Yeah, <laughs> right? less of a can- more, than- more fair. Less of a kangaroo court, if you will. Australia. Oh. Australia. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll update you next week if something actually yeah. happens. And um, do you guys yeah. think something will actually happen, or you think this is all just gonna not? It's just off or not. I mean, the likelihood of anything really happening, 
you know, they're going to acquit it. I mean, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but <laughs> no, it's yeah. going to happen. I think for me, it's more just that there has been some sort of movement in response to his behavior. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to see something happen, because some of the things that have well, all of the things that have happened over this term, yeah. you know, somebody needs to acknowledge that this is some BS. Yeah. And if nothing happens and, you know, the whole thing goes out the window, then I guess it's just more of the same. Mm. Yeah. It's what just, do you guys think? It's just like uh, really disheartening that there's there's no need for Republicans to even pretend that they're going to um, yeah. entertain the idea of a of a fair and unbiased trial like yeah. they actually it it behooves them to vehemently state no we're not you know yeah we're, we're not even entertaining this yeah, yeah like that's that pretty shocking points mcconnell like went to the white house to brief trump on what was gonna, how the things would work and like literally just came out and said that like i'm not impartial in this like yeah. I, I i don't remember where i read that so i'm, I'm assuming yeah, he, it was from a good you read he that he made too. like yeah. yeah very direct bold statement i mean it's an incredible power move can you yeah. imagine that he said like uh, we are going to coordinate fully with the president's yeah. legal team. Yeah. Is, is what he said. And, and, and what so. the fuck? <laughs> right. Like, so, you know, have fun. Like, what if the you fuck? Like. I mean, no one man can have so much power. It's really fucked up. It's, it's, it's really sad that we can't even see the processes that are in place to run this place actually work. No. Right. The whole like, okay, this is supposed to be a check on... Mm-hmm power that's all out the window and it yeah. makes you as a sort of individual citizen feel completely disempowered like, yeah what are, okay so nothing nothing yeah. works yeah is that yeah. is that what we're saying yeah. <laughs> so like i said let's hope mm-hmm. um that we at least see a trial that something actually happens even if they acquit for me it would at least appease that's we could follow functional order mm-hmm. <laughs> at the very least mm-hmm. i think that's all i can really say about it mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm. all, right. all right well <clears throat> back to you matt <laughs> okay um parchment state prison this is a state prison in mississippi and it is notorious for its unhygienic standards and now prisoner deaths recently a rash of inmate deaths attributed to gang violence has pushed parchment into the spotlight but even before these deaths the institution was a dangerous place quote the mississippi delta prison that has over the course of more than a century, earned a dark and near-mythic reputation for cruelty and institutional racism. Her fears, Betty Turner, mother of an inmate, were realized when her son described meals of just a slice of bologna. 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 <laughs> bologna. Yeah. I haven't read it out loud. Yeah, it's spelled weird. But yeah. bologna with a packet of mustard. Okay, so that's that's what they're feeding them. Sightings Ugh. of rats and mold and nights spent on a mat on a cold, damp floor, end quote. And this is from a New York Times article. I said the deaths were attributed to gang violence because it appears that the gang violence is the direct result of inhuman mismanagement. Benny Ivey, formerly incarcerated person and now prison advocate, said... Quote, this was gang violence. It's the fact of the matter, he, he added. But also the fact of the matter, if you ain't treated like animals, you won't act like an animal. End quote. Mm. Parchman is a reliably understaffed prison, even though the state has the third highest incarceration rate. Its historical ties can be connected to slavery. The New York Times reported, quote, 
The parchment prison, in particular, was once a vast and hugely profitable cotton operation expressively designed to deal with what an early 20th century white governor, James K. Vardaman, called the criminal Negroes who threatened, quote, the white man's home, end quote. On the Facebook page, Prison Reform Movement, inmates have smuggled videos out via contraband cell phones, which are purchased from the guards. The video displays unhygienic and inhuman conditions. Because Mississippi's leadership is Republican, some are watching this moment to see if the advocates for prison reform on the right, which has been gaining some steam, see people are watching to see if this will be a chance for people for true reform, even um, from the conservatives on the right. I I was watching some of those videos because I, I found it when I was doing. Um, I'm tr- I'm trying to get some help to uh, publicize this Kickstarter for the show I'm doing with someone who's locked up in California, and I stumbled upon this page, and the videos are uh, absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, just the conditions, you know, just picture like if there's an abandoned uh, locker room. Uh, and just like let like after a tornado and just let to sit for like five years. <laughs> it's just like dusty, dirty, cold, wet, and like these are where like people are are supposed to live, you know. Yeah, when my nephew did a short stint, I talked to you guys a little bit about that last year. He was only in and for about um a month and a half, and he wasn't like far away. He was you know in the the city jail right downtown Cincinnati. Uh, when he come came home, he claimed about. Um, sleeping with mice <clears throat> and things of that nature and he was very scared um it's really it's really it really just gets to me so bad that we just forget about that population because there's so many people yeah. um behind bars and affected in this way um i'm really excited about the stories that you're sharing about spoon jackson i've been um i used to be really active in and um so criminal justice and social justice for people that are in prison so I'm glad that you're telling these stories, but what can really be done mm-hmm. about situations like this? Yeah, because there was like a, there was some talk, like even like the Cokes were getting involved mm-hmm. about prisoner form. And unfortunately, it's mostly just because it's so expensive. Right. They're like, it's like a million dollars per prisoner. So it's like, you know, with those, with the recidivism rates being so um, unimpressive, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I think we can get a little bit better bang for a buck. But it's it's hard because, yeah, the, the distance that you were speaking of that mm-hmm. people forget uh, really makes it hard to uh, not take that uh, Old Testament approach to uh, punitive uh, justice. But it's also it's um, I, th- I mean, there has been more awareness recently about releasing people who don't need to be locked up for their crimes or have already served an inordinate amount of time for what whatever crime they did commit um which is that that was like a recent push and it was like a bipartisan push um and it's because of things like if you look at the financial aspect of all of it it is quite ridiculous but there's also the scary movement to privatizing prisons Mm -hmm. um which i actually haven't heard an update on in a while but um sure it can't be good (laughs) yeah california officially banned them so that's good because they're a huge prison california which is weird but that's good yeah yeah Yeah. hopefully we'll see more reforms um to things like this and how people are treated 
you know, is this really restorative justice? That's yeah. like, are you really helping this population or the families that are really affected by people who have been gone for crazy amounts mm-hmm. of times, like whole generations go by and they, mm-hmm. they get out and that's a whole nother sector of society that's just, you know, stuck. Stuck and because will. they have a record, can't, they can't do, do much, much at so all. So it, it's just unfortunate that you take so much from people's lives and their families. All right. I think we need another music break. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, you're listening to Objection to the Rule on Radio Free Brooklyn. We'll be right back. Objection to the Rule on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, that was Akon's Locked Up 
apropoly, uh, appropriately picked by Teresa to follow up our prison reform story. Uh, and we are back with some local news. And Zoe's got our first story. Hi. Yeah. So this is about right here in Brooklyn. This is a article I stumbled upon in Gothamist called We're Not Going Anywhere. Uh, Brooklyn protesters arrested at controversial high rise development. So last April, community members actually scored a rare legal victory after a Brooklyn state Supreme Court judge issued a temporary restraining order on a controversial Crown Heights high rise development that specifically prohibited the pouring of concrete at the project site. And the project site is located at 931 Carroll Street, not far from the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. Opponents had sued the city and developer, arguing that the development consisting of two 16-story residential towers would cast harmful shadows over the garden and set a bad precedent in one of the fastest developing sections of Brooklyn. The court case, which is among several recent lawsuits that have galvanized anti-development activists, will likely have an impact on the ongoing zoning approval for another contested but even more massive development near the Botanic Garden known as 960 Franklin, which would create 1,578 units of housing in two roughly 39-story towers. So... Despite last year's court order, developer Carol Plaza Development was still able to receive a permit this month to construct a new building uh, from the Department of Buildings, which I will here on refer to as DOB. Um, and the Department of Buildings was also named a defendant in the lawsuits. So according to the community group Movement to Protect the People, workers at the site began excavating almost 10 feet of soil despite phone calls by their members to the DOB complaining of the court order violation. Andrew Dansky, a DOB spokesperson, issued the following statement about the project and the court order, quote, we properly issued permits to 931 Carroll Street, Brooklyn. These permits were issued after a DOB review of the plans found them to be in compliance with the NYC construction codes and NYC zoning resolution. The temporary restraining order did not prohibit permits being issued, end quote. As with other recent rezoning battles, the issue has stoked a lot of fears in the community about the ongoing gentrification and displacement of low-income residents. On Thursday morning, this past Thursday, a handful of the project's opponents showed up at the site to protest. After the NYPD arrived, they pleaded with officers to halt construction, holding copies of the court decision. Alicia Boyd, one of the main activists who was subsequently arrested along with several other protesters, stated, quote, the police are allowing the developers to violate this temporary restraining order and demanding that we leave. We're not going anywhere. So, yeah. Hmm. High drama at the garden. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. So they're, they basically... So just to like summarize. Yeah. So yeah. so the protesters um, are saying, look, we've got this restraining order saying that this development isn't allowed to happen. You know, there's there's more work that has to be done before y'all can continue developing here. Um, but despite that, the developers were issued a permit from the DOB and the NYPD is protecting the construction site, not allowing protesters there. So actually protesters were, were trying to physically prevent a truck from entering the site. 
And that is when they were arrested by the NYPD. Wow. Um, and and the, the city of New York is saying, oh, well, you know, at least a, a, a portion of these units will oh, be, <laughs> will be, you know, like, um, affordable, affordable housing, right. you affordable know, for a very, right. right. It's like, okay, it's below market cost yeah. slightly. And yeah. it's a very small portion of the apartments. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot yeah. of Brooklyn residents are calling bullshit and saying yeah. that doesn't negate no. the overall impact of gentrification that this development will have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what is it? One of these developments, a 39 story development in Crown Heights. That's you don't need that. That's I mean, huge. You just see these things going up and a lot of them just remain vacant for so long because the pricing is just so astronomical. And like, yeah. there's people that need housing out there and these are not meant for those people. Did you all see the statistic that over half of new developments in New York since 2015 were half of the residential units remain unfilled? Wow, really? Yeah. It's wild. And then if you look at like the super luxury ones too, they're often um, owned by, they're often just meant to be a place for foreign billionaires, for lack of a better word. Like they, they, it's an investment for them. Right. So they're often Dubai and, you know, Shanghai, Russia, Moscow, and oligarchs. Yeah. (laughs) And they literally just own these luxury, you know, 60 story high apartments near Central Park and no one lives there. They just need a place to put their money. Yeah. It's like money laundering. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's wild. I, I like the detail about the story that's, um, that's just, it's, it's, it's being in protest in part because if these big buildings go up, then it blocks mm-hmm. the light for the botanical garden. Yeah. yeah. And so like the plants are like, <laughs> no. Help us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so real. And on top of the, it's just, I'm just the blatant. So they're so they're claiming they can give a perm, even though the, the restraining order blocks the construction, the DOB is like, well, you can have a permit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's I, like, I'm it's a little unclear, but yeah. I think it's unclear because there's a lot of shady stuff happening. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that it doesn't make a lot of sense what yeah. the DOB is saying. It's like you were issued a restraining order was issued and the DOB spokesperson is like, nope, everything's in compliance. We can do this. It's like, so what does the restraining wow. order mean? Right. Are there any right. checks and balances in this know. world anymore? I don't know. <sighs> That's wild. And the fact that the police are protecting the like specific group of people with money is not yeah. surprising. Yeah. Right. It's the American way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's it's really upsetting. It's yeah. like so keep your eyes on this story. Yeah, definitely. This is right here. Yeah. There is there are injustices happening in your own backyard. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Damn. Yeah. Check out uh, what's the the movement to protect the people are they're leaving leading the, the protest against development i I think one one uh a different event they had was called like the fight for sunlight or something oh that's awesome that's That's a a great great one yeah um awesome and then okay so we actually our next story was done by jasmine uh who unfortunately had to call out sick today but thank you for putting this together um does anyone want to do this it's on weinstein Mm -hmm. i can also do it if no go for it one minute take team Oh, we can tag team it. Tag Let's tag team, team tag. back again. Jump in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I put that in the, in the rotation. That's coming up, coming up soon. Oh, we're running really low on time. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're going to do this quickly. And um, and then I'm going to do the two good news stories as promised. Okay, so Harvey Weinstein trials sets, uh, starts in New York City. Uh, jury selection began this week. Uh, 
the prosecution and defense attorneys accused each other of trying to sway the jury. Um, one of Weinstein's attorneys suggested sequestering the jury. In fact, Arthur Aidala. Aidala. On Tuesday, um, Justice James Burke in New York Supreme Court in Manhattan found out Weinstein was using his cell phones after several warnings to never use them in court. He threatened Weinstein with jail. Ironic. Um, a group of people, a group of nearly 50 people out of a pool of 120 were excused Wednesday night for outright declaring they cannot be fair and impartial. Uh, on Friday, a flash mob chanted, it's not my fault, not where I was, not how I was, not how I dress during jury screening. As a result of the noisy intrusion, Weinstein's attorney, Damon Sharonis, made a bid to have the whole panel excused. The sides remain at odds as to whether fairness is attainable. Uh, selection will continue through next week, and it is likely that a new set of arguments will be raised. Uh, Weinstein stands charged with five counts, including an allegation that he raped a woman at a Doubletree Hotel in Manhattan in 2013. He's also accused of forcing a sex act on former production assistant Mimi Halei in 2006. Faces two counts of predatory sexual assault. Um, and his attorneys maintain that he's never had non-consexual sex with any of his accusers and that he would not be able to get a fair trial in New York City. So where can he go? Matt. I just want to take this time to... So on Friday, the flash mob chanting, it's not my fault. It's not uh, where I was nor how I dressed. I think that's part of a global thing that's been going on in a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking mm-hmm. countries or uh, uh, Portuguese-speaking countries. And it's look it up online. It's one of the most like moving things you'll see. Uh, it's kind of like this like cool like gorilla um, like song mm-hmm. that like people have performed all like throughout <laughs> the world. And it's it's yeah it's it's, it's, it's it gave me shivers. Um, it's it's like the hippest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> awesome. Uh, more story? Do you want me to go back? Yeah, I think we can skip that because okay. it's, it's yeah the the story is Weinstein allegedly raped a whole bunch of people but very few people are uh are actually going to um uh what's the word come a, actually he'll strand trial for only like a handful oh, like yeah. a couple people because so many people don't want to go through it yeah. and yeah, because yeah. the legal system's fucked up uh yeah so stay tuned um this is an important one for anyone involved in the me too movement and uh thanks for that nice slicing and dicing editing matt because we do have the good news stories that i think we need to we would be it's good to hear because you need to be remember that you got to balance it out. You got to balance it out, and um, there's there is positive news on the globe on the pollution front anyway. So, um, shutting down coal plants works, guys. Um, a study done by the University of California San Diego and published last week in the journal Nature Sustainability found that the shutting down of hundreds of coal-fired power plants in the U.S. between 2005 and 2016. Reduced near, uh, nearby pollution and accordingly saved an estimated 26,610 lives and increased local crop yields by 570 million bushels. Uh, Jennifer Burney, the associate professor of environmental science at UC San Diego, said, We hear a lot about the overall greenhouse gas and economic impacts of the transition the U.S. has undergone in shifting from coal towards natural gas, but the smaller scale decisions that make up this larger trend have really important local consequences. Uh, the study states that the newer plants were not entirely benign, but for now, let us just bask in the glow of some positive <laughs> environmental news, which is that shutting down coal plants literally produces more food. It saves lives, produces pollution. So there, it's, it sometimes gets over. I find it overwhelming. Like, you know, when we look at the grand scale of forests are burning and 
temperatures are rising and like, what the fuck can we, is, does any, is anything we do actually going to help this? And sometimes it's, it helps me breathe to look at like, just local, like specific local things yeah. and that sometimes this shit does work. One, one step at a time. One step at a time. And then, um, I, the last positive news is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is cancer free, y'all. Woo-hoo! God bless America. <laughs> um, Man, I just want her to be able to retire. And I want her to be able to retire in her own terms. Um, she announced that she was cancer free after being treated for a malign pancreatic tumor. Bless this 86 year old woman and long may she live to preside over the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the small, uh, the liberal minority right now. Um, yeah, guys. All right. We blazed through that. But that is some pos- two positive news stories that maybe will help you get through this week because they certainly helped me get through writing the Australia story. Yeah, I mean, you got to take it as it comes, man. Yeah. Too much bad news can kill you. No, I can just make you really sad. <laughs> make you really sad. Um, and it can make you become nihilistic, which is actually yes. very dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't so, lose hope that your actions can have a positive. You, you, maybe you can't save Ruth Bader Ginsburg's pancreas, but you can <laughs> help shut down coal plants and have an immediate effect on your own breathing, ability to breathe yeah, And other people getting cancer. And other people getting cancer. Yep. And like you Ruth can- Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> no cancer. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg, please. And you can also share information about how to get information. Because mm. to Matt's point, the more we know. Yeah. Yes. Right? Ignorant. <laughs> Thank you, NBC slogan from the 90s. The more, the more we know. So share what you learned today yeah. from Objection to the yeah. Rule. And, you know, ignorance is dangerous, too. Ugh. Anyway, any last thoughts, guys? No. no. Do we have any reads? No. Do you have any reads? So we've had the same sort of reads we have perennial. Where You want to do a real quick skim of this, Matt? Sure. Okay. Um, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent Listener-supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All right. Well, that's it for this week's Objection to the Rule. Thanks for listening. You can catch all of our older episodes on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org or on the Radio Free Brooklyn yeah. app or iTunes podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm Emily. You want to do roll call? I'm Zoe. I'm Teresa. And I'm Matthew. Amazing. We're going to play like 30 seconds of us, another song Teresa picked out. That's right. This is JC, Marcy, me. I thought it was important yeah. to play some oh, Brooklyn music. I agree. And then also last week we forgot to announce the last 30 seconds we played was a song called Swamp by Future, Future Opello. F-I-N. All right, guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Bye-bye. Yeah. Live from Bedford, Cyrus, and the liveest one representing BK to the fullest. Bastard ducking when hope be bucking, chicken heads be clucking. Uh, back when Ratchet was a ratchet and the vixen was a vixen and Jim Master J was a lob. Uh. I was mixing, cooking coke in the kitchen back when Robin was a piston. Mike was losing to Isaiah, but he soon would get his six one. Gave birth to my verbal imagination. Assume a virtue if you have not. Or better yet, here's a verse from Hamlet. Lord, we know who we are, yet we know not what we may be. So maybe.